Hello, everybody. This is the Chocolate News Podcast. I'm your co-host, John Alexander Reese. And if you didn't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the leading African-American-owned newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area and northern Kentucky area. And today we have with us our digital correspondent, Andrea Carter. How's it going today, Andrea? It's going great, John. How are you doing? I am doing just fine. So, Andrea, what is some of the chocolate news of the week? This whole summer has been an interesting news summer. Um, I I don't want to do a cliche or things like that, but it's been really, really interesting summer. And um, and this week, last week and this week alone has been one interesting news item after another. So I'm going to start it out with the DOJ coming out and charging the Department of Justice, if people don't know what the DOJ is, charged the officers in the death of Breonna Taylor in their investigation. They found that the four current and former police officers in in Louisville, Kentucky, um, who were involved in the fatal shooting of Breonna Taylor during a raid at her apartment in March 2020, conducted that raid on an illegally obtained warrant. And the, 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 the officer who signed for the warrant knew that the information was sketchy. He didn't check it out. He just took a third party's word that something was going on and got the warrant. And the men followed what the what was on the warrant and they went after um, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend, supposedly because he was selling drugs out of the apartment. And come to find out he wasn't. And or he he was a known drug dealer, but not out of that apartment. He was known in another area or something like that. And um, but because the officers were misled by the investigators in the case, they stormed the apartment and they ended up shooting Brian Taylor. So it's going to be interesting to see as the case goes forward what's going to happen. The fact that the attorney general of Kentucky did not find out that the warrant was um, the, mon- the man sort of lied about getting obtaining the warrant. Um, the New York Attorney General, I'm sorry, the Kentucky Attorney General, there's too many cases of Attorney Generals. The Kentucky Attorney General said that they were concentrating on just the action of the case, but now not how the case erupted, which I find is a very poor excuse of how they conducted their investigation because obviously they knew that the warrant was obtained illegally. All I can say is that I'm glad something has finally happened is because it's like Brown Taylor's death has been like it's been so upsetting and that nothing was basically done about it and at least it's gaining some traction now after like what like two years yes two years and she she really she should be alive right now she and, um, and I, I think that um, police officers need, I think this is a wake up call for police officers. I mean, they have a hard, I'm not going to knock the police department because I believe in the rule of law. I believe that they're there to help protect us. It's just a few bad apples make it bad for the rest of us. And, you know, there is bias in the, in the, in society and in within the police departments. I recognize that, but at the end of the day, the police officer should be policing themselves. And when someone does something wrong, they need to speak up and say something. If someone knew about the warrant and knew that the investigator had sketchy information, 
they should have been stopped and questioned. The superior of the of the investigator should have been stopped, should have stopped them and questioned the information even before obtaining the warrant. You know, it's, it's enough. And I understand that here in Cincinnati, we stopped the way that they get no-knock warrants and things like that. Um, there's more scrutiny on if you want to conduct that. But at the end of the day, where is the check and balances in procedure within the police department to prevent this from happening? You know, sometimes I know the guys are filled with adrenaline. They want to get this guy. You know, they want to get another bad guy off the street, blah, blah, blah. I understand that I've seen it in action and they have a very stressful job. But at the same time, you have a moral obligation to do it right and follow procedure. Because I would prefer to, to honor our police department full of good cops than not on a police department because of a few bad cops, if that makes sense. No, it does. And I know um, a lot of people would say, Andrew, you're Black, you should not even be saying this and things like that. And I'm just going to be like, well, you know, you can't have it both ways. Yes, be cautious. Yes, you know, it, get to know the police officers who are policing your neighborhood. Get to know who they are, what they're doing, what they believe in. I mean, I was at a peace, um, an anti-violence um, walk for peace rally today, right before you know coming on this podcast. And there are a number of police officers. I knew the captains. I knew the assistant police chief who was walking. And why I know them? Because I've worked with them. I see where their heart is. I see what they're trying to do. They're not perfect but they're not wrong either, but there are wrong cops. And I think we need to recognize that in the city of Cincinnati, overall, this even though there are a few bad apples and we've had a couple of cases last week of that where you know two police officers were found saying some um, not nice words, which I'm gonna put it that way, yeah. about um, people, um, it's gonna happen. But at the same time, overall, we're not having to deal with the num the numbskull stuff that everyone else is dealing with because of the collaborative agreement. And we can say we have a good police department because they have evolved and recognized they gotta be one with the community to be able to police and address issues. And I think we're better off for what happened with the collaborative agreement than not. Otherwise, that body count would have continued if they did not change, notice the change and evolve. And I think police departments all over the country have to evolve. Enough said about that. The next story is, um, unfortunately, the flip side of this is we had the shooting in OTR. I'm, I'm sure everyone woke up surprised Sunday morning hearing about the shootout that occurred on Main Street in downtown Cincinnati, right near um, a very nice bar called Mr. Pitiful's. I've even hung up there. They have great jazz. It's a wonderful place. The ambiance is nice. It's unfortunate there um, has been a growing crowd on Main Street. And, um, you know, the businesses have got together. They formed a safety group. And they were discussing um, at a safety meeting that something was going to occur if we didn't handle it right now. And unfortunately, it happened last weekend. And um, two individuals were in a crowd, got into an argument. The argument escalated. They both had guns on them. They pulled out the guns and fired at each other. And um, it's unfortunate nine people got hit. Uh, 15 rounds occurred. And um, the suspect has not been caught yet, unfortunately. So there's still, there is a $5,000 award 
regarding this. If anyone has any information about this shooting, please step forward and say something. Do not be afraid um, of retaliation. Do your duty as a good citizen and speak up because I like Main Street. Main Street has some wonderful businesses on there. We just need our young people to control themselves and learn how to resolve their issues, not with a gun, but with their minds and with their mouths. Yeah, I feel like that's a running theme with all these shootings. It's like uh, no one wants to um, talk anymore. They just want to shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah, it's kind of like the Wild Wild West, how they used to do things. Shoot first, ask questions later. Well, unfortunately, it now needs to be ask questions first, then shoot. Yeah. Because you will save yourself because when you're putting your life in your hands, when you carry a gun with you, I don't care who you are. You're putting your life in your hands and anything that occurs, your life will change forever once you pull that trigger and a bullet goes into somebody. And it is a powerful thing to shoot someone because it will change your mind. And if that person dies, you face a manslaughter charge, you face a murder charge. And you know you have to be careful because you have, you're carrying around a deadly weapon, it's not a toy. And I, I think young people are so busy into the on-demand, I'm going to do it my way world that they don't stop and think about the consequences of their actions afterwards. And I think this is, it's unfortunate. Something's going to be done, but it's unfortunate that it occurred, but hopefully it won't occur anymore. Yeah, here's hoping. I'm hoping. So, but I will keep everybody up to date on this um, as this as this story or the situation on Main, Main Street progresses, I will come back with some more information on this and see what's going to happen next. So I will be doing an update. Next, well, I can't say his name. I, I, I'm a good journalist. I swear <laughs> to God I am. I, I, I can't say his name. So I'm just going to say 45. So, <laughs> or he who must not be named if we're barred. Yes, he, yeah, yeah, yes, go, go with... Harry Potter asked, I'll just say 45, announced Monday uh, that his home, Mar-a-Lago, on Palm Beach Island, was raided by the FBI. Now, you've had people come out and say, oh, they shouldn't have done this. It's illegal. It's it's how dare they. It's, It's a campaign season, blah, 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 all this type stuff. Well, number one, the warrant was based on the fact that Trump I'm sorry, I said his name, 45, (laughs) I'm trying not to say his name, 45 took 15 boxes of information out of the White House that he wasn't supposed to take. And it was classified material, uber classified material that you can't even mention. You can't even describe it on um, a news, in a news article. That's how classified this information was. Mm -hmm. And it was sitting in his home. And the government has been asking for months to get it back. And finally, um, the FBI had to get a search warrant and go get it because that is classified information that if fallen into the wrong hand, it could have been detrimental to our national security. I mean, even though it might've been a few things might be his calendar, his Rolex decks, well, no, we don't use Rolex anymore, but you know, his database, what have you. But there's other sensitive information he should not have had. Now, it's dicey because they claim that he could have declassified it 
before he left office, but then where's the paperwork that he did this? There's always steps to what you do. There are consequences. You can claim it and say it. That doesn't mean we're going to believe you because where's your proof? And unfortunately, 45 didn't have any proof of this, or at least allegedly he doesn't have any proof that he's produced for the powers that be. And um, unfortunately, the Republican Party has come out. They said this is wrong. They've questioned it, things like that. Well, you know what? I'm getting tired of people questioning the rule of law, what has been done in the past when they jumped all over Hillary Clinton because she supposedly had wrong emails. Well, I'm sorry, but this man took an oath in office to uphold the, the rule of law, the Constitution. And when he left the White House, he became a private citizen again, subject to all the laws as we are, as you and I are. So if the FBI at the end of the day said, I got to go get it, they went and got it. And they had the right to search his, his premises to get what they got and then walked out with 15 boxes. You know, two, um, um, there's two things that I find funny about this whole situation. First situation, I know a lot of right-wing pundits are saying, oh, the FBI shouldn't have done this. Who's in charge of the FBI? Well, it's Christopher Ray, by the way. And uh, guess who, um, who appointed him? to uh, lead the FBI. It was uh, 45 himself. And, uh, and another funny thing is uh, everyone's favorite Congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, I know she uh, tweeted, defund the FBI. So um, I I just thought those two things were funny. That's all. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind of like everyone gets mad when, you know, their, their guy is getting dumped on and things like that. And I'm like, at the end of the day, when are you going to stop and take a look at what he's done? What he's doing? You and I would would be in jail right now for oh, the yeah. stuff that he's done. Oh yeah, most definitely. He would be. I mean, it, I, and I'm not just saying as a black person. I'm just saying as a as American citizen. Yeah. They have impeached. They have. I mean, from Nixon on, everyone has been scrutinized. And I, I think at the end of the day, you have to decide who who are you for. Are you for an ideology or are you for the Constitution? I'm for the Constitution. Me too. Because, because of the Constitution, we have this great society that we live in and we can do what we do. And we have checks and balances to make sure that at the end of the day, we can live the lives that we live. If we did not have that, then we would have what's going on in Russia. We have what's going on in a number of, of other countries where they have dictatorships or or autocrats and you know all that type of stuff. And I'm sorry, you have to decide what you want. Just because you're not getting your way and you're so busy trying to keep power, you're losing power. And I, I think people are getting fed up with it. I mean, even if you believe in this person, at the end of the day, you gotta rule. You gotta you gotta move forward. And um it's unfortunate. The flip side of this story is that 45. Um, you know, he's under a civil investigation by the New York Attorney General, and the judge, federal judge, ruled that Ivanka, his daughter, and his son, Donald Jr., and Eric all had to appear for depositions. Now, Donald Jr. and Ivanka have, you know, they've answered questions for their depositions. I don't know if they pled the fifth, but Donald Trump today pled the fifth. He was in and out in an hour. Now, what's interesting is that his son, Eric, who was deposed, he pled the fifth 500 times in court, and that was proved by court records. So 
Um, proving the fifth does not mean that you did something wrong, but proving the fifth opens you up to invest further investigation because you're not you're, you're not willing to defend yourself. There is, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but eventually at the end of the day, you're gonna have to answer for what you did. And Don um 45, he has gotten away for so long of not answering for his actions that very slowly that box is being formed. The foundation has been laid and that box is being formed. How they close that box on him, I don't know what's going to happen. But eventually something's going to occur because God don't like ugly. And he's been conducting ugly for a long time. So I think it behooves us to recognize what do you want in a leader? What don't you want in a leader? And think about that before you vote. But please go out and vote. And vote for your interest, not for an ideology or a party. Because at the end of the day, the party's not going to pay your taxes. The party's not going to get you a job. And the party's not going to provide a house for you. But under the rule of law, under the Constitution, you have that, you have that right to get it. That is true. So there's that. Uh, another grand jury... Um, I should say another um, legal, um, the woman who was the, the reason who, the woman who allegedly accused Emmett Till of um, inappropriate action was not indicted, even though Emmett Till was lynched 70 years ago. The woman, Carolyn Bryant Dunham, they found a warrant that was never served um, the family wanted her indicted. They took it to the grand jury. They went through the process and the grand jury said, did not indict her. And I think, you know, really too, I'm not surprised by this. I, I think that um, at the end of the day, it's too late. There should be a statute of limitations on this issue. Even though we know what happened, we know the good, the bad, and the ugly of what happened to Emmett Till. It should never have happened. That boy should be alive today. Um, you know, at least holding his grandchildren or great-grandchildren on his knee. You know, it's kind of sad because of racism, what people have gotten away with. What was the rule of law? Um, and I think that a woman's actions should be taken into consideration and um, that she should be chastised. And um, it's kind of sad that, you know, it's a sad ending to a long story, but it's something that we need to continue to tell our children about and remind them, be careful who you talk to because you never know what may happen. Exactly. And like you said, I'm not surprised. I had a feeling that this wasn't going to lead to anywhere. It's, uh, it's definitely disappointing, but uh, it's just, uh, that's just the way life is, unfortunately. Uh, Emmett Till it should is. be alive. That woman should be in jail. But you know what? Um, I, I think... Um, I think uh, Ahmad Arbery's uh, killer, I think he got sentenced to jail for federal hate crime charges. So, yes, you know, all, fact, all three of them did. They yeah, all got charged, they all got sentenced, and they're all very frightened of going to jail. Yeah. So, um, sometimes you got to take your wins in other places, unfortunately. Yes. And I, I think um, it's unfortunate that. And, you know, and unfortunately, if I, if I use today's terms, she was the Karen of it of that era. Yeah, she was Karen. She was the Karen before Karens existed. <laughs> right, and you know there have been a number of Karens way back when who have caused all kinds of problems for people. Um, and I think we just need to recognize wrong is wrong. And today, those people who come out and accuse um, should be chastised and should face. I, I believe 
is it Los Angeles or is it New York? There is a city, I can't remember who, but there is a city, I think it's Los Angeles, is considering a law of where a person calls the police on a false action should be reprimanded or at least cited for that. Yeah. And and I and I think that that people need to learn the hard way. You can't just accuse someone just because you think they're doing wrong. There have been too many stories out there of where a woman has walked up to somebody having no business, but and they have that they they're you know they're getting ready to go into their own home, a black person, and you have a stranger telling you, well, you need to prove to me that you live here. No, I don't. You're not the police. You know, what right do you have to demand me to show you proof that I own, I live in my home? They wouldn't accept that if someone did that to them. So why are they doing it to that person? And then threaten to call the police. And, you know, now people just said, do it. And they start videotaping. And I think people need to learn if you cry false, no, if you cry wolf, you're going to pay the consequences. That being said, um, moving on to a happy but sad note. Our GOAT of the tennis world, Serena Williams, has announced in Vogue magazine that she is looking to retire from the tennis world. As she put it, she's ready to step away from tennis um, after winning 23 Grand Slam titles. And she's turning her focus to having another child and build her business interests. And I think that's okay. I think she's done enough. I think we'll probably see her in a few exhibition matches here or there. But I mean, I think she's ready to enjoy her husband. She's ready to enjoy her daughter a little bit more. And they're trying to have, and Olympia wants to be a big sister. So they're trying to make that come to reality, uh, which I think is sort of cute. But I think she's doing it her way. We won't know when she won't show up anymore. We just know that she'll be playing until, you know, one day she's not there. And, you know, she's gone. But I think we need to admire the fact that she has, she has done a lot for the world and she is going to do a lot for the community in the business world. She's going to be a force, whether it's fashion, whether it's um, entrepreneurship, whether it's funding businesses. I, I think she and her husband are a powerhouse together. And I think we're going to see some interesting things in the business world from her. I think she has a good business head on her shoulders. And um, I think she's going to, you know, do a lot. And I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of sad not to see her play anymore, but you know what? Well, I'm going to watch the U.S. Open and see her play there, go from there. So um, I think it's sort of cute in the cover of the Vogue magazine. It's kind of cute because here she is, she's posing, and there's her daughter holding up the the train of the dress, which I think is fabulous. So I think it's wonderful. So it's kind of sad, but... You know, it's, 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 I can't wait to see what she does next. Yeah, um, yeah. Then the other good news is Paul Brown Stadium is no longer be known as Paul Brown Stadium for the Bengals. It is going to become Paycor Stadium, which, you know, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, everyone has gone through naming rights and, you know, the same is known as something else down the road. And even though I will always call it the Bengals Stadium. You know, it, it's the Paycor Stadium, and um, it's putting the Bengals on the map in a different way. And we should not be surprised by this because they did go to the Super Bowl. True. And they're going to try to go to the Super Bowl again. But because they went to the Super Bowl, they show that they're a team, they're a powerhouse. 
And and I think we have some good athletes on the team. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do this year. And I, I think the back office needs to become more of a powerhouse. And doing that begins with naming rights of the stadium. Now, I think it's sort of sucks that they keep all the money from it, but, um, you know, they should share the wealth of the citizens of Cincinnati because, yeah. you know, we do own the stadium. It's not fair that they're naming a stadium owned by the people. I think the people should get the money, not them, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, it, it there's a high-end stakes, and we want to keep the football team because we are a sports town. So we will keep our sports teams happy, whatever that means. So... I think at the end of the day, it's going to be interesting to see Paycor Stadium shown flashed on television during the NFL season. So it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I think I'm always going to call it Paul Brown Stadium just because I'm used to it. It's it, it'll take a while for the name to stick for me. I, I mean, it is, and you know, it is better than like I think I was in Los Angeles and I think they renamed the Staples Center to like crypto.com arena i say yeah that's definitely not going to stick for me. <laughs> no, that's not. I mean, there are. I mean. I, I think it's going to take a while. I mean, it's just like the um, Great American Ballpark. Yeah, true. We all call it the Red Stadium. Right. And, and, you know, and the Riverfront Coliseum is, I think it's now known as what, the Heritage Center or something like that? Or I I think, when they, um, Yeah, the Heritage Bank Center. Yeah. The, yeah. Heritage, the Heritage Bank Center, I still know it as the Riverfront Coliseum. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, yes, naming rights, yes, it's going to happen. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be PBS. So, but, you know, but I think it's just the evolution of time. It's the evolution of the, of the Bengals, um, uh, of the Bengals team. And I think also it's interesting that how the, the younger members of the family are taking a business, they're, they're elevating their business to a new level. Um, even though they don't have a lot of money on hand, they make they are making money, and I think they're they're trying to elevate the family business to a new level, so we could be a force, not only on the field but also in the back in the in the in, in the back office. And I ain't mad at them, you know. They got to the Super Bowl. That's creme de la creme. So, and I think we need to um, Cincinnati should share in that ride. And we do it through tourism and people come to see the Bengals play and things like that. So we'll get our pie through tourism. Um, but I think also the Bengals team should show a little, uh, they should do a little thank you for what we're allowing them to do with the stadium. But other than that, I can't wait to see the Bengals play. Woo! I just got my new stuff for the Bengals to show yeah. off this year. So yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to the season. In fact, I bought a jersey this year. I bought the black and white jersey to wear nice. this year for games. So, nice. yes, I I broke down and bought it. So you know, Ooh, show my support. Ooh, Ooh, day. <laughs> so, and that is all the chocolate news I have for today. All right. Well, thank you, Andrea. Uh, and that's it for today's show. And I also want to thank you for coming on discussing all the uh, chocolate news. Well, thank you. I mean, I am keeping my eye on a number of issues that are coming up. I mean, we haven't talked about all the successes that the Biden administration has had. We haven't talked about um, some of the things that are happening with the city that we need to focus on. So those are going to be uh, some upcoming conversations that we will be having um, regarding the city locally. And and then, you know, voting, the voting season is almost upon, the, I should say, the campaign season is almost upon us. 
So we need to be encouraging people to get out and vote. So those stories we'll be addressing as well down the road. So, um, and on top of that, you know, Spider-Man, I meant to mention this, Spider-Man's about 60 years old. We got to talk oh, about Spider-Man. Yeah, he's an old man, isn't he? <laughs> he, is, he is an old man, but also Spider-Man universe is becoming more diverse. So maybe that's something we can talk about next time. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, we, we, we have to do our Marvel thing because, you know, the new Black Panther is about to come out, too. Yeah. So we have, to, we have to do our Marvel Universe conversation. I think we need to make a special plan for that. Oh, yeah. So, I could I could talk about Marvel for hours and hours. <laughs> uh, okay. So we, we're, we're teasing you all now. We don't know when we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. So just be ready. So Yeah. Okay. Well, you can find more information about today's topics and past podcast episodes at www.thecincinnatiherald.com, the Sesh newsletter, or on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Our podcast is on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Amazon, YouTube, and Google Podcasts. In addition, the Cincinnati Herald is also looking for news distribution and delivery agents. Please contact our publisher, Walter White, at 513-680-7076 for more information. And once again, that's 513-680-7076. I'm John Alexander Reese, and have a good day.